name is Justice McCormack. My name is Terence Bushundil. I am Michael Thomas. And together, we, we are, are the, the People's, People's Voices. Voices. Welcome to episode 3. In episode 2, we touched on ganja, which was going to be legalized back then. Now, it is legal, and come October 17th, Toronto will be going up in smoke. That's ganja smoke. And we have some concerns. I don't want to call it issues. I mean, if you look at alcohol and alcohol consumption, there were always the issue around the children and how they would go down to streets downtown. I don't want to name those streets. And purchase for 10 or $15, purchase fake IDs. When they were usually 15, they would have an ID saying they're 19 and a half and walk into the liquor store with it and some of them obtained alcohol. I would like to know, seeing that the face of the pushers of marijuana is going to be changing, how are they, plan, how are they planning to control marijuana from getting into the hands of underage children? Because they're going to be the ID issue too. So I would like to know, well, you know, what are the government, what are the checks and balances they would have in place to look at that kind of scenario where a 15-year-old kid would go and buy a $10 ID and go to a pusher, for lack of a better word, or somebody who sells marijuana legally, like the LCBO, present it and buy his or herself a stash of weed. What do you think about that, Terrence? Well, I think in this generation, and again, I can't speak for everyone in the generation, but a lot of people within, let's say, the millennials generation, they tend to do a lot of experimenting with alcohol, drugs, and such items. And so if something were to get in the hands of underage or even some who's the age of 10, I wouldn't be surprised. And I say that because given the world we live in today, anything is possible. And... I get that there's some medical stuff about marijuana that I've been hearing about and some people claim it is. Okay, I understand that. But you're right. Any kid can go at some point get a fake ID and go in the store or wherever to get the marijuana. And maybe as a store owner, you may know, okay, this person's clearly underage. Or you may not know, but either way, at the end of the day, I just see as that person just wants their money. They just want to make a little money. So they edit any risk, they may just say, okay, here, kid, take it and run away. Now, that is just a scenario I just made up, but it goes to show that it may happen. And the question remains is you ask, how are they going to make sure of that? And how do you make sure even the store owners comply with those policies? Well, if you think about it, it's not really much different. Whether you yeah. legalize marijuana or not, kids are always going to find a way to get oh, their yeah, hands sure. on it. Because... I went to high school just two, three years ago, and I saw everyone like smoking. They had specific smoking spots just to smoke marijuana. Now I'm not going to say where I went to school because I don't want to, you know, bring up. Probably it doesn't even matter because uh, almost every high school you would see that kind of. Oh, thing. of course. Even every in my high school. high school when I was there. Every high school, and so whether you legalize it or not, kids are going to find a way to get their hands on it. Mm -hmm. It's just like if you think about like alcohol. Um, you're just going to find an adult to buy it for you or they're just going to find some way of getting it. And that's the problem. They're just going to find some way, even with new policies that are going to be put out. 
or measures they say, okay, we'll try that to maybe combat kids from walking away from it. Exactly. But kids are curious people. Exactly, of course. So whether you little guys it or not, kids are going to find a way to get their hands on it. Just like right now they find their ways to get hands on alcohol, even though it's not legal for them to drink it. They still find a way to get their hands on it and to consume it. One of the reasons why I threw that question in the air, you know, and I have a smile now, it's very, it's humorous for me because I asked that question mainly because the government would like to have people believe that their, their main concern for legalizing marijuana was the safety. There was a lack of safety issue when the pushers had marijuana in control. So now that the face of the pusher has changed, how is the new pusher plan to implement these safety rules? Are there going to be at least a policeman in front of each ganja shop verifying ages? This is something that I would really like to know because if you're going to tell me I'm selling pizza, for example, and my pizza is not safe to sell, right? All of a sudden, you want to have the monopoly on selling pizza. How are you going to make pizza safe? you got to talk to me about that. And I think that, or maybe I'm wrong, but some things have been tried, not just for marijuana, but and some things haven't been tried. But it goes to what you said, how far are they going to go, or should they go, to enforce the safety of marijuana? You said, it, will there need to be a cop with every dis- marijuana dispensary, which could spark another issue about who may not be selling it legally, or according to the way they would see it. Of course, and then there is a there is another issue surrounding the legalization of marijuana that some people are aware of and some people are not aware of. And, you know, this program, of course, being the people's voices, is to enlighten and educate too. Um, one of those issues is, like, they have driving under the influence where if you take, I don't know, a beer or two and... They deem that you're over the limit when you blow into that fertilizer. You could be charged, your license can be revoked, and you can be taken to court. And there's a whole lot of shenanigans surrounding a couple of beers and driving. Everybody's tolerance for that is different. Mm-hmm. There are some people who can drink seven beers and drive home safely. And there is some jack, you know what, who would drink a half in a beer and run into somebody's front porch. Exactly. Yeah, that being said... The same goes for the marijuana issue. Some people do not know, but the government is planning to have ways and means of checking you out on the streets Mm -hmm. with that marijuana. And if they found out you've been smoking that marijuana and you've been behind the wheel, you're going to face the same music. So Torontonians, I'm I'm speaking of Torontonians because that's where I live, needs to be aware that it's not just open season where you're going to get weed plus comes the um, 17th of October smoke your eyes into into the clouds and be driving cars because they're going to yeah. be looking for you taking you off the road you're going to face hefty fines and probably jail time too so i would like to hear the rest of the panel i was actually surprised when i found out the, they said you're allowed to have a certain amount just like you're allowed to have a certain amount of alcohol in your system and drive you're allowed to have a certain amount of weed in your system and drive and i was actually surprised to find that out because like you said everyone's tolerance is different and it affects everyone differently even though everyone's doing the same thing, it affects everyone's systems differently because we're all made up differently. And so that's why I was really surprised because even if someone just does a little bit, that could really be the same as doing like a lot for one other person. That's so, the thing, especially if uh, that may be your first time. So let me give it a try, give it a go, see what the big fuss is about. 
exactly. You take two smokes around and collapse. Exactly. And so then, like, I, I really didn't understand that. I was actually really confused by it because I really think if you're driving, then you're then it should be zero. You should not have any in your system. The same goes for alcohol. Or like, I'm just saying zero tolerance for that. There should be zero tolerance when driving under whatever yeah. you're smoking in that influence. Or mind you, like, but what I do think yeah. is that if you're going to smoke, then you should wait at least two hours before you go to right. drive again. You should wait at least two hours so that way it's had time to work its way out of your system. And then, like, if it's just in your system, then that's one thing. But if you just smoked, then don't go and drive. Like, you don't just drink and then go and drive. Wait a little bit for it to work your way, its way out of your system. Or as, uh, as it goes, just do, like, a safety backup. If you don't want to drive or you're scared you may do something crazy. Call a friend, call a taxi. There's many ways to get around the town. Exactly. And there's Uber with this crazy invention that we just came up with, Uber. Like, really take advantage of Uber because it really is a safe way to get around the city. Yeah, for sure. And more so on the new driving impairment laws. Like, now I really do think it's ridiculous because now they have it where where they can just check anyone without reason. Like, Basically, before, you need suspicion in order to check someone and give someone a breathalyzer test. But now, they can just check anybody. If someone's just driving and, like, they make a mistake, they can just check someone. And if th- someone says no, now they automatically, they have a criminal record and they're charged as a criminal. Like, there's no warnings or anything. They're just charged right off the bat, just like just like that. And I really think that's ridiculous because for people who are truly innocent, they just don't want to be checked because they just they want to remain private and they don't want to have their business out there. Now... They have their business out there. Now they have a criminal record. So it really is not fair. It really is ridiculous. And speaking on behalf of the younger people, a lot of them do want to drive or maybe a lot of them are driving. And they may make a mistake of getting under the influence too or maybe it's not a mistake and either way what happened. But that doesn't make them necessarily a bad person just for doing that. Exactly. And that's the thing. So I like you, the odds are they're going to get thrown in jail or get a sentence or however this jail thing works. Because again, I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, because I was reading up, it could be you could be thrown into jail just for refusing a breathalyzer test. You could be thrown into jail for for up to ten years just for refusing a breathalyzer test. You couldn't even you don't even have to be under the influence. Just if you refuse that test, you could be thrown in jail for up to ten years. It's ridiculous. And when did this new um, jurisdiction come into effect? This came into effect shortly after they put the law into place, which would have been what which would have been on July first. So then this came into. But just after that, because they had to put in new driving mm-hmm. permit laws. Yeah, I haven't well. really been up to date about what's new about it, so that is news for me. Yeah, it's still all relatively new. Yeah, they're still putting a lot of things into place because, yeah, they just put it into place at the beginning of the month. And the reason why I raised that part of the subject up is, like I say, I think there for a lot of people who hear about ganja being legalized, I mean, in Canada and here in Toronto, will think it's open season and business as usual, but these people who are not educated on the laws and the ins and outs of the legalization of the ganja, they're going to be up for a rude awakening. And they will be, because just last week, uh, I was doing a photo shoot at Young Street. Up comes this guy out of nowhere, asking, would you like to buy some weed? He was like, no, I don't want your weed. I don't do that business. Anyway, but the point being, all of a sudden, it's like, the way I see it, it's open season for these people. Like, oh, it's going to be legalized. I can go sell on the street and do whatever I want, and I'm going to get away with it. Terrence, or so they think. This guy thought you had the look of a pusher, Terrence? Is that what you're saying? Well, I wasn't the only one there. I was with my friends, so who knows who he might have been thinking of <laughs> to put that in perspective. But the point being, I see everyone walking like it's open season, as you just said. It's legalized, and they probably think they can't get in no trouble. 
you better review your law, my friend. Another part of this this um, ganja business, you know, that keeps me thinking, and I can go on and on, is secondhand smoke. Mm. Secondhand smoke from cigarettes has been a, a problem, a detrimental problem. There are people who died as a result of inhaling years of secondhand smoke. Mm. Well, the ganja part of it now, I would like to know, let's say you live in an apartment building with three roommates. Two of them are ganja smokers and you don't. And they've been smoking up in there. Of course, you're living in there. You can't afford rent anywhere else. Yeah. You're high also. You step into the streets and you decide, I'm going to drive to work because I wasn't smoking any ganja. Oh, yeah. You just get that contact high. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So what's going to be what's gonna be your predicament in front of a judge now? Well, remember one time I came from the washroom and you saw I looked kind of high? It's because the washroom really smelled like, I don't know what the heck that was, but ganja <laughs> or whatever. But it proves your point. One step in there, you get out of there later, you're in a little bit of a high emotion. Yeah, but Justice, this is what I would like to find out. What's going to be your predicament living in that apartment with two roommates who smoke up all morning? You don't smoke. you got to get to work. Of course, you jump in your car because you, ain't be, you haven't been smoking. Mm -hmm. And you're driving to work. You've been pulled over. You've been asked to do whatever. Like and you're full of smoke. So what's happening with that now? How, how are you going to defend yourself? In a situation like that. Exactly. Because it, if you say, yeah. oh, it wasn't me. My roommates were smoking. They're not going to believe you. There they're you not going to believe you. So I believe there's a lot of um, loose ends with this, the, you know, the, the, the law that legalized ganja mm -hmm. in Toronto here. They're going to have a lot of answering to do. First of all, like I said, with the children who are going to get the IDs and buy the ganja just as they buy the liquor. Mm -hmm. There is the... Yeah, the traffic laws, and th there's a whole slew of things that sometimes, sometimes you and I don't even know about that's going to be implemented, which takes me back to the subject of who's going to be benefiting from all this revenue. Exactly. From the tickets to the um, all the court dates people are going to have, and then... The, the new pushers who are going to be like in charge of this thing, like the LCBO, I mean, that's serious revenue right there. So you can easily see who plans to benefit from ganja in Toronto here. And if you really think it over, I think anyone can see who's going to be benefit, benefiting from that. Of course, it's clear to see because yep. if you think about it, with this legalization of marijuana, they didn't really because when you bring in a new law, you really have to address how it's going to happen and what's going to happen. They haven't really done that this time, addressing what is now going to be put into place. And so this leaves a lot of people wondering, well, what does this do and who's this going to benefit? Because if you think about it, people were still purchasing marijuana before they legalized it. So now the only really difference is the key difference, in my opinion, is that now the government just has a chance to control it. Exactly. The chance to control it, sell it, distribute it. But as you just mentioned, marijuana isn't exactly a new thing. It's been around for many years. Exactly. And I'm sure you can tell us some stories or what you may know about back in those days. Maybe how would, how business went down about it then? Well, like you said rightfully, you weren't born yet, but yep. marijuana has been around for centuries. Centuries. And I'm from the Caribbean where marijuana has... um. What should I say? Marijuana has a serious foundation in the Caribbean because, you know, the guys there, they grow their own stuff a lot of the times. They sell the stuff. But 
in my day growing up, I can safely tell you, marijuana was not sold to kids, was never sold to kids. There was a certain amount of integrity with the pusher, because in these in these islands and these villages, everybody knew everybody, and you couldn't be ten years old and come in no way wrong a pusher to get any marijuana to smoke. He would beat the crap out of you and send you home. And your parents like you to do the same. Exactly, because he knew what that meant for his name in the community. Yeah, but now, where you know, with the changing of the times and people are just after money for the sake of being after money, it's anyone's guess what's going to happen now. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, because when you monetize things to that degree, integrity goes out the window. People are just in the business of one million, two million, three million. I'm going for my fourth million. So I think there's a lot, a lot that has to be looked into. And it's going to be costly for the government too, because believe it or not, there are going to be a lot of issues that's gonna, that they're going to have to face as a result of the legalization of marijuana. They're going to have to face the music. Yeah. Because if you think about it, like, they, they're saying they're doing this all because they want to protect you and make sure they're getting the right strain, especially with like fentanyl and everything in there now. I don't think that they're like, I don't personally agree that they're doing that because marijuana has been along around for so long so why are they only trying to protect us now but what i think they're doing is that they realize hey you know what people are making a lot of money off of this you want in on this too yeah it just boils down to profit exactly and they're gonna have to deal with the ramifications of what is called in any business addicts be it alcohol be it marijuana be it cocaine they are mm -hmm. addicts whether or not you like it you can't deny it they are they are addicts of marijuana too there are people who can't function unless they smoke marijuana. They, and and yeah. you're going to have to, there are going to be a lot of younger people who are going to become addicts of marijuana in the city here. And yeah, because a lot of times people. Where love, are you going to put yeah. them when that time comes? 15 years down the road, when you have these 15 year olds who's been smoking weed since they were whatever, what's going to happen? Yeah, because while some people just do it like because some people need it for medicinal reasons there are other people who just smoke and like you think oh there's no addictive properties to it but you don't get addicted to the drug itself what you get addicted to is the feeling of being high and that's exactly what you get addicted to of course and, and like you say a lot of people hide under the umbrella of medication with marijuana there are 90 percent of the people who use marijuana in this city here nothing wrong with them they're lying oh yeah straight up they just want to smoke and get high. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a... All of a sudden, you have 20 years old. You are 20 years old, but you got back and knee pains. Like, what have you been doing? You just born. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you like... fooling? It reminds you know, me of I got to get this yeah. stuff because my back hurts. <laughs> it know, reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons. every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons where Homer got his eyes injured. Oh, yeah. So this doctor prescribed medical marijuana. It did heal his eyes. But he got a little addicted to it, and re or totally addicted. But he wants to see legalized, just as what's happening in uh, Toronto now. Of course, he missed the deadline, but it goes back to what he said he got addicted and wants to continue using it, even though he didn't need the medical properties anymore. Yeah, but on, on a serious note, that's a that's another issue that the government is gonna have to deal with. The the people who smoke marijuana just for the sake of smoking it. Mm. Remember, it has a different vibration on you from liquor. Liquor, you can recognize a drunk a mile away. With marijuana, it's going to be another situation. So I would like to think that the people who put these laws into place 
were looking with wide eyed wide eyes at what they have created and what's going to be coming their way it's like if you decide to play ball you better know the width of the ballpark mm -hmm. yeah because at the end of the day you know the chickens are going to come home to roost on you and you're going to have to feed those chickens oh yes so, yeah and that's a serious issue especially for again the young folks because given the world we're in and the influences were like pretty much seen whether that being through a friend social media movies music whatever it is they're basically telling us drinking and smoking is a cool thing. And some of them will believe into that and get a fake idea to say. Do knows who, who knows what they will do. But you're right, 20 years from now, where does that lead the generation or one to come after us? Well, the, the, the legalization of marijuana, if you ask me, came as a, um, one of those things where I'm going to legalize marijuana, so vote for me. And, you know, politicians have to be careful the promises you make to people because you want to get into office. You wanted to get into office, you want to get into 24 Sussex Street, or Sussex Street, if I'm pronouncing the word right, mm -hmm. so bad that you're going to legalize marijuana. Now, the same marijuana that for centuries, for ages, even your father, which is Mr. Trudeau, put people in prison for. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you want to get into 24 Sussex Drive and you're going to legalize it that you see that as a ladder to get into that place. Well, you have to be prepared, like I say, to handle the ramifications that comes with that. Yes, I was going to ask you, what about those who've been jailed for that now? And they're saying, hey, that's not fair. I legalize something I got myself in jail for. Exactly. Like, what happens to all those people that their lives are ruined because they smoke? Like, like they were put in jail for, for a law that was in place, and now that you're taking it away. So what happens to those people now? They let out, or what happens to people that the law isn't officially in place until October 17th? What happens to people now that break the law leading up to that? Well, I guarantee there are going to be some angry people come October 17th. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, anger alone is not going to come. Yeah. Oh, I know that, but I guarantee there will be. You see, I'll tell you something. In, in order, like, okay, like Justice rightfully says, there are people who have had their lives shattered their records spoiled. some of them can't even travel like i said in episode two they can't even go across the border exactly because they're on the books as a criminal and that was episode one you said that yeah because of the same nice correction in terms because of the same issue now the, if you ask me under in a normal world it would have been the, the the dignified thing to do now that you legalize that would be to overturn those charges and pardon those people which government official wants to do that? I would love to see them. Mm -hmm. I would buy a pair of glasses to see them. Exactly. Because Cause I know it ain't going to happen. Well, right. I don't see that happening either. No. And, and that's unfair mm -hmm. because here I am. I have a record. I can't go across the border. I've been labeled a criminal. I can't get a job anywhere because from the time they hit the computer, they see I've been convicted for something now that you have a former chief of police overseen how to sell. Exactly. Like I was saying, like a lot of people now, they have criminal records now. Their lives are ruined. They can't get jobs. They can't go on. Even now that the weed is gone, it's no longer in the system. Then It's not even on their minds anymore. They can't get jobs. They can't move on with their life. They're stuck. Yeah. And so what are they to do now? And now you got to think about it that way because now they ha those people now have to be supported by the government, which is now legalization legalizing marijuana so if you think about it, it seems like kind of a bit hanky to me because now they're just taking those people now they're giving the money to them and saying hey keep going forth so it seems almost like a almost like a pyramid scheme to me kind of thing well the question i have is is this legalization more a controversial bad thing or is there any good out of this like personally i don't have a problem with marijuana itself 
I don't have a problem with the drug itself. I believe when used in moderation, it can actually be a good thing for you. Just use in moderation. But what I do have a problem with is the government trying to control it. And that's what I don't like. And the thing is, because they're not even being forthright with it. They're being, like, sneaky with it. And that's what I don't like about it. Well, no matter how people use it, that's your choice. And I don't judge them for that. We make mistakes, or we do what we want to do, or whichever. Exactly, because the government isn't... So it's not so much that that is the problem. Mm -hmm. It's more about how we're going about business, or how this legalization business is going to be operated. Exactly, because the government isn't silly. They know that people are going to use it regardless of what the law is. So now they're just saying, okay, let's get in on this. Let's put our hands on this. Let's get in. We want to dig into the pot. You know, pun intended. We want to dig into it. So they want to get their hands in there and they want to get some money. Your pun has been acknowledged. I don't know, but I'm smiling here, but this is no joke. I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now, the government gets into selling cocaine. I wouldn't or be. anything else worse. No, because at the end of the day, the bottom line is what they're after. Exactly. That's all it is. It's all about money. It has nothing to exactly. do with nobody's safety or anything when you look at it logically. Yeah. Because marijuana has been around from since the devil was exactly. a little boy. Now he's a grown man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so who the, are you fooling? Yeah, you're right, because the thing about money, thrown on the table. Well, it's not going to do anything because it's just sitting on the table. Exactly. So I see like money as a way to motivate Mind real language, but a lot of evil in this world, exactly. and that's the wrong thing because money on its own is not all evil, there's good to it, exactly. but the way we go about it in the world doesn't show that. And, and that, it like, probably leads back to why the legalization of Haridagon, how it's being carried out. Yeah, and unlike anything else, revenue the generating of revenue is, is what brought along this legalization of marijuana because now. Toronto is a city that's under a lot of stress right now for financial revenue. Oh, definitely. Financial revenue. And the government is, is, is like they're looking with wide eyes for ways to rake in money. Toronto has become a city. I mean, I know I sound like I'm going off topic here, but I'll come back on the topic. This is just a little reference. But it does relate, so yeah, go t- ahead. Toronto has become a city where you can't stop to take a piss now. The piss will cost you 60 bucks. Oh, definitely. If you try to go into a washroom, you'd be walking like, you know, like a rapper. Exactly. And, and as soon as you finish piss, when you come out on the car, there's a $60 ticket. Oh, yes. Even though the ticket man saw you like you were going into the washroom, he doesn't care. All he cares about is filling the books. Mm-hmm. So when you have a city that's under that amount of stress, just to rake in revenue, the sky's the limit with anything. And this is where, back to the ganja subject, like I say, I wouldn't be surprised if next on the list it will be another drug. Exactly. It's going to be legalized. And like, here was I, a higher drug or a worse drug or yeah, a combination nonsense or whatever they may think. Definitely, because if you think about it, like, oh, well, here... Well, we'll allow you to smoke marijuana, but we'll continue to support you even if you can't get a job. So it's like, yep. now it seems like, oh, here, smoke this cocaine, smoke this crack, but we'll take care of you in the end, though. So you don't have to worry about it. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Well, truth be told, no one's going to take care of you besides you. Exactly. Whether you got a close friend, close family, doesn't matter. Because you got to take care of yourself. Exactly. And cause... selling whatever it may be, marijuana included, and saying, okay, we'll take care of you. Who do you think you're fooling? Exactly, because like, it doesn't seem to me that the government's doing this for the people. Like It seems like they're doing this just for selfish reasons, and that's what I don't like about this. Like They're, they're doing this for business, and like 
They're trying to make a business out of it. Like, it seems like they're just now becoming dealers. Like Wesley Snipes once said in New Jack City, Justice, it's never personal. Never. Mm-hmm. It's always business. <laughs> <laughs> they're always business when it comes to the government. Generally speaking, but probably some personal. <laughs> but in this scenario, I don't see that. Yeah, it's, it's never personal. It's always, it's always business. Because, I mean, had my thing is, I would have liked the marijuana business to be left alone the way it was. Mm-hmm. Because, like I say, there is too much worms in this can, this legalization can. They're going to be kids now, let's say, I mean, I call them kids 19, 20, they still live at home, who feel they can light up and blow smoke in their parents' face anytime. Oh, yeah. Because what are you going to do? I ain't doing nothing illegal. Mm-hmm. How is Mr. Trudeau going to address those parents who has a problem with that? What is he going to tell them? I wanted to get into Sussex Drive so badly that I have your house flooded with smoke now? Mm-hmm. I don't think he will have an answer. And given we're talking about kids, as I stated earlier, kids will be curious whether you're 18, whether you're 2, doesn't matter. And if they get their hands on that, however it happened, you're in a world of trouble. Or at least the parents, and if the parents know about that, well, they're going to feel it too, because what parents will want the kids smoking at? But if you're like 25 or something, yeah, but what I'm That's saying is story. you would not have any legal monopoly over that kid to stop him from smoking no, in your house now. Unless, well, you throw him out completely. Because we're going to call the cops and tell him he's smoking. He's allowed to smoke. It's legal. Well, what's the rule for under 18 or age? It doesn't matter. No, I'm talking about an 18, 19-year-old yeah. kid who's I know, I got that. And just decide to light up and smoke all day in your basement. Yeah, when you're 25 or something, they really can't stop because yeah. it will be legal at that point. But, yeah, Terrence, that is a good point. They're not sure of, like, are they going to control the same way they control alcohol? They <laughs> seem to be doing it with the same... With the no, driving. they won't be doing that given what you yeah. said earlier as yeah. well. Like, because, like, I know what the driving was, but as far as, as far as obtaining it actually goes, like, how will they do that? Will they control it the same way they control alcohol where it's, like, 19 and over? We would hope so, but... I mean, they can certainly try, but I don't see it happening. It's a problem, too. Exactly. Because yeah. in the States, or this happened a few years ago in the States, this 11-year-old kid of course. had a gun, gunned down the teacher, and the teacher actually, I don't know if he died or survived, but it goes to show, though. 11-year-old, been influenced by who knows what. Maybe the environment, neighborhood, who knows. But the point is, he easily got that gun, had something against the teacher, and figured I'll shoot the teacher down. I mean, what kind of role is that for the kids and for the other kids to come later on? Exactly. Another part of it, again, and I'm sure each of us here has seen this in school. It's where you have people, their parents pay the tuition for them to come to class. And for crying out loud, when you look at their faces, they are higher than a kite in the class. Oh, yes. They, They have to smoke every day before they come to class. And I mean, well, now they probably would be smoking in class after October 17th. Because ain't nothing we're going to call security is legal. There you have it. Yeah. And, and all of these, these things are the ramifications and the fallout that I don't think this government has planned to deal with, with the legalization of marijuana. There's a lot of holes in this plot that they yeah. didn't exactly um, cover. I do believe there are yeah. going to be a lot of dropouts from school. That, that's one of my beliefs that's going to happen here. I don't know which holes they may or may or not have covered yet. But again, they haven't said much about these things we're discussing either. What they're thinking, the idea they could have, or even reaching out to the public. Or I don't know if they are, but reaching out to the public for help. Maybe those you may have, okay, have you tried this? Have you considered that? To 
what's the world? I guess a better mm-hmm. to better control. Maybe not better control, just for the young people who may come into contact with that. What's the policy, or what are you gonna do to them? Because you can't exactly jail kids, and we all know that. Well, I would like somebody to tell me how many high kids they know that completes assignments. Zero. I can tell you that. There you go. Well, that's coming to a theater near you like a bad movie, Terrence. I can tell you that now. Because a lot of that is going to be happening. There are going to be kids coming to school with their bag of weed and just feel, well, you know, I can get high all day. And that will be a problem. Yeah, a big problem. And, and I don't think, like I said, that this government that legalized marijuana planned for this. I think this is a situation where it's like I want to get into that pizza shop and I don't care what happens when I get in there. Exactly. They'll do anything they can yeah, just to, to get, get into in the pizza exactly. shop. They'll push it aside anyone they want to. They'll step over anyone. They'll use people as little stepping stones just to get there. They, they won't care. They won't even look back. I can see a lot of problems taking place with the legalization of marijuana okay. in the city. I mean, I'm no parent, but I wouldn't want my kids even getting knocked down into that sort of thing. And this, so the question is, if I'm a parent, what are you going to do? Follow your kid around 24-7? No and way. trust me, kids aren't going to like that. I personally don't smoke marijuana, and I don't want marijuana smoke in my house because I can't stand the marijuana smoke. Number one, if I had a kid, we'd be, even though you were an adult and you stayed at me and you decide to smoke my house or because it's legal, I'll smoke you out on the sidewalk and put you out of my house. <laughs> Straight up. I'd probably do the same too. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that there's problems for families in all of this. Especially for those who are addicts. Yeah. Especially then. And oh, there would be a lot of addicts. It would be so. To make a long story short, I would say to the the people and persons behind the legalization of marijuana in Canada, I hope you thought this thing through thoroughly. I hope you really did, like we say in journalism, your research. You did some digging. Yeah, you did some fact checking and digging before you did what you did because you're going to have to face the music. It's like a bad story coming your way. You're going to have to face that music, and you only have yourself to blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope you take responsibility for what you did, and don't try to point fingers at other people in the end. That's yeah. my take so, on it. And I'll, I'll well, Justice, where do you see maybe this heading? Given Reboot went to high school, we've seen how people may try to get these things in or use it or say they use it or whatever they do with marijuana or other stuff. It's so like from our high school days heading into the future, where what do you think things are going to get worse? Could they get better? Or what could we do to even consider to get things better? In my opinion, when left alone and used in moderation, marijuana itself yep. can be a good drug and can be and help you to do what you need to do. And this can be nice. And this is a fun way to just relax and unwind every now and then. But when it's used every single day and when it's used irresponsibly and like when the government gets their hands on it and starts controlling it to me in that my books that's no good because then that just creates bad tendencies and that just creates bad people and that just that just does not create a good world in my eyes in my view because you get people who no longer feel safe under the wing of the government because the government is now controlling everything and what you do because the government would always like to have control and always let to know what's going on and they always like to know have the down low and everything. But the way they're going about it is not good because they're being sneaky about it. They're saying, oh, we're doing this for you so that way you can have the freedom to use this as you please. But at the same time, they are like 
trying to control it and get their hands on it and saying, well, no, we'll sell it to you now. And so we'll get control over it. Like, yeah, you're right. People, they can do whatever they want. They use the moderation, have a little fun. That's, I have no problem with that because, again, that's your own choice. But the problem being is how we're going about the legalization, the many loopholes, which they haven't ad- addressed, or maybe they have, but they're being secret about it. I don't know. I can't really say. I don't know actually none of us can say. Exactly. But you're right. There's many holes that need to be addressed in the present now. Exactly. It's like, and now, yeah. and there is a better time than now. Exactly. It's like you are saying earlier, Michael, like how basically now what is going to happen and how you have all these people that are now falling under and all the people that are using it. So you have a lot more users of it. So what happens to those people now that end up using it too much and end up using it irresponsibly now that it's open and free to the public? So now you have a lot more people who are getting into trouble and a lot more people who are becoming so-called potheads and using it every single day. Potheads. That's a good one. I I don't know. I touched on the hypocrisy of this um, legalization in wrong two. And in the wrong three, I'm just gonna, you know, add a little icing on the cake here. I I don't know. We, we, we have a society here that we like to call democratic and transparent and, you know, full of equality and everything. And sometimes I look at it and I ask myself if these, these words are just words or if there's any meaning to them because I'll give you an analogy. Let's just say I was a ganja pusher for five years here. Mm-hmm. I got caught. I made three years jail for trafficking, for whatever, and this is just an analogy. Okay, we talk about a free and democratic society, right? How do you look at me now? Which eyes do you take to look at me and tell me how you're the former chief of police that helped put me behind bars, you overseeing the selling of ganja on my street? What do you tell me? What do you say to me? It's like, how do you face me? Is this democracy? Or ganja was a drug when I was selling it and it's a medication when you have it? What kind of donkey business is that? I would mm-hmm. like to know. And if you get face to face someone who's been in jail for or whatever. Yeah, you, you'd, be, you'd be facing some bitter people. It's like, what do you say to them? Yeah. Like, how do you say that now? Oh, you know what? Well, that thing that you that completely ruined your lives and the thing that has you locked up for all these years. Yeah, you know what? It's okay now. Everyone's doing it. It's okay. Yeah. Now everyone's doing it. So, like, they're going to be like, well, what the heck? What do you mean this is suddenly legal? And so now they're wondering, well, how can I get myself out of this? And how can I fix it? And now, like... Yeah, in their eyes, you're a criminal. So they're probably not going to do anything about exactly, that. Exactly. Because now their name is attached to the title criminal. And, like, there's no change in that no matter what you do, no matter what you wipe clean. Some things just can't be cleaned up at the end of the day. Well, of course, because, like Justice just said here, even though for argument's sake that you were pardoned, there are a lot of people who would just roll their eyes over you and say, yeah, that's a convicted criminal anyways. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's some stains that don't come off. Exactly, because they're not going to say, oh, well, now it's legal. They're going to say, oh, well, this is someone that broke the law. But it really is, like, hypocritical now because now they're doing it too. And so now it's just like... Yeah, and that scenario that I just um shed light on there, there are a lot of people who look at the government with that eyes. You know, they, they see them as, you know, running the pawn shop mentality on the community because it's not only the pushers that went to jail for marijuana. is a lot of the small-time users got arrested and given court dates for that stuff. 
they would be like riding their bikes going down the street for whatever reason there would be a small scuffle or fight whatever they would be stopped and they would find a little bit of marijuana on them they had court dates mm -hmm. yeah and they got criminal records too years and years ago what do you say to them now so i i would think the government probably would need to open a really big community center mark pardon on top of it a big, oh, yes. a big sign saying pardon once you've been convicted in the past come here and we'd stamp your documents pardon <laughs> yes no honestly because and we know it won't happen though yeah you, you hear what i said i would like to yeah that's right i'm sure many people would like to think something similar to what you just said but terence that's the only way that you would have people looking at you with a level eye of course in a situation like this else all they're gonna see when they see you is hypocrisy that's all they're gonna and see. that's like what's gonna happen after it is legalized well, or not like it will it's i i think it's legal already it's just they're just waiting on the date to say to let the horse out of the stable say go exactly because yeah, i heard july it was passed. july i heard it was july to begin with and mm. as soon as july first came close all of a sudden, yeah, well, I'm the, here in October now. The vote now. is a go. The vote won, so it's a go. So that okay, that, yeah, yes. I heard about. Yeah, because you had to have it approved, and then you had to have it go through, and yeah. then you just say, okay, now it's actually happening. So, so. we're just waiting on a date for yeah. it to happen. Then. Yeah, it's exactly. like it's like the record is, is made already. We're just waiting on a release date when the producers say, well, the public can hear it. That's what it is. It's kind of the same thing with a movie. Yeah. It's, you know, fully developed. Mm -hmm. We're just waiting for the release date yeah. to what's where it push it out then <laughs> as it goes. From time to time, I laugh when I think about the ganja subject in Toronto because there's no other way I can look at it to, to make any sense of that. I, I don't know if anybody else could have anything they want to add to this, but I can't make any sense of it when I see it. I'm sure some people will feel that way. Some of them make, maybe can make sense. But at the end of the day, whether or not you make sense, you have your opinion about what's happening, the good and bad, which, to be honest, I'm seeing more bad with the whole legalization part of it but on its own anyone could do what they want and you know what go for it the reason i say is because either you do bad you do good you do a little bit of both or in between that is your own choice at the end of the day and that's what makes the difference um sweden and norway and these places justice i don't know how much you know about them i think they have um the, the open policy with ganja too right mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not knowledgeable enough to talk on, on that subject on no, that of the world. I don't know if they if the government are the ones that's distributing it because they have what they call coffee shops in those places. Yes. So I don't know if anybody or if you need if you don't need a license, you can just sell it in your coffee shop. Yeah, that's the thing I'm not sure of either. So that actually is a good question. Like are we going to be looking is the government of Canada, are they going to be looking at other countries that currently have it legalized? And seem, they seem to be doing fine. Are they going to look at the same way they do it and kind of model it after that? Or are they going to come up with their own model? How are they going about this? Well, for now, the only thing we know for now is you're going to have to have government approval. What did you say it was again? The countries? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Sweden is one of those places. Well, if anyone hears a podcast and is knowledgeable about that, yeah. we'd love to hear your side of things. Definitely. Or at least... Well, you know about how they conduct their business with legalization as well. All we know for now, all we know for now here is you're gonna need a government approval in order to sell marijuana come the 17th of October. And I imagine if we Another don't. Another thing is if you don't have that right on subject, 
I think I'll let you continue. So I imagine if you don't, you're in a prison or something like that. You want to touch maybe of what you know about it? Well, from what has been said, when that, that comes into effect, for now, they, they, they had a limbo situation where they have all these pot shops around Toronto and wherever that are not legal. And the government was basically, they were raiding some sometimes, but basically turning a blind eye because of a technicality in the jurisdiction, in the, in the laws. So it was like, you know, some of them, they would just turn a blind eye to, even though they knew they were there. But after the 17th of October, there would be no more blind eyes. You either show that permit or that license, or you go in the bag. You're going to bag you. you. You're not on that corner selling anything anymore. So, and I think that's what a lot of, I shouldn't say, people who will say it's going to be legalized. I'm not going to get in trouble, or they don't think that part. Yeah. Because as I just mentioned, yeah. what the photo shit I was doing, mm-hmm. up comes this guy offering to sell to me, my friends. So, like, people like that, like, they got to rewatch the backs. It's like you said, I was funny for some people to see as an open season. And where some of them were smart enough to realize that's not really the case. No. But I think that they made it pretty clear to them that after after it becomes legal, once they doesn't have the right documents to sell it, that they're going to be taking them out of business. And they're going to be furious and fast on that because that's like, they cutting, be. That's like one drug dealer saying to another one, you got to leave the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. Like they're taking over now. Yeah. They're saying, yeah. We're they taking wouldn't want over you now. on that block. Exactly. So, yeah, what does happen to the people that yeah, are... I think that's what sparks a lot of war outside. Take exactly. care of my turf, get off. So and they you, say the same thing. When you think of drug wars, you never once thought, you think, oh, it'll be between Bob and Doug. But you never thought, oh, it'll be between Doug and the government. You never thought the government would be involved in those drug wars. You thought maybe they'd be overlooking and trying to crush things down. But no, they're actually up in there, like I said before, pun intended, stirring the pot. Yeah. And, and that's what it's going to be with, like it or not, the term you use is, is, is correct. Because if you're going to get a guy off your turf for selling the same thing that you're selling, that's a drug war right there. Oh, of course. Of course. So they were, let's say, maybe trying to stop it, but the tables have turned. Exactly. So they figured, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to use one of our famous journalists line from CDTV, Jojo Chinto. He said there's no right way to do a wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they're going to find that out. And that phrase goes opposite wise too. Yeah. Yeah, because that's just, that's just what it's going to be. When that time comes, and it's coming very soon, mm-hmm. imagine Young Street. I don't know, if, if you want to map it, how much ganja shops do you think Young Street has now? Right now? Yeah. Nothing that I know of, but I'm sure there's a few. Oh, there's tons of them. There's there's tons. That's, what I'm that's, why, that's why I use the word mapping. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I don't know anything about this, so I wouldn't know that. Just coming from the subway, I passed by like three on the way here. I, I would make a safe bet to say there are more than 20 of them on Young Street. <laughs> oh, tons. Tons. Again, so I'm not knowledgeable about this, so I always able to spot them. How much of them are quote-unquote legal is that's anyone's the... guess. So come exactly. October Probably 17th, zero percent. there are going to be a lot of newspapers in the windows on Young Street if they don't have <laughs> permits. That's what that's what's gonna happen. It's probably zero percent. None of them probably yeah, gotta leave time permit or whatever. Come October seventeenth, if you if you didn't apply and be approved to be selling that stuff after October seventeenth, and you're doing it now, mm-hmm. you better start yes. buying newspapers to put in the windows. You gotta go, and that's what it is. 
So I hope that this podcast enlightens and educates Torontonians. I say Torontonians because that's where we are here now on what is really coming our way come October 17th with the ganja situation. It's not a laughing matter and there's a lot that, I mean, we can't touch on in one podcast. So for sure we will be continuing this discussion in future episodes and with some um, uh, some uh, guests some guests as well. Yeah, some exactly. inputs from people on the street who felt the pain. Exactly. I personally can promise you a couple of interviews from people on the streets. Oh, definitely. Because there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of questions to be asked with this. Because there's still a lot of unanswered questions with how is this going to go, who will this truly affect, and who, well, we all know, we all have our theories, but who truly is to benefit from this? Is this for the people or is this for the government? Is this just something else for them to put taxes on? Or is this something to truly help you get access to something that can relieve stress when used correctly? So, final thoughts, Mike? Final thoughts. My final thoughts, I said them in the beginning, so I would, I will kind of regurgitate here, seeing that you want my final thoughts. My final thoughts is this should have never been. No one. This, this all came about by politicians who want to get themselves in positions and are not mindful of whose backs they stepped on in order to get into those positions. And again, like the famous journalist once said, they have to remember there's no right way to do a wrong thing because things come back to get you when you least expect it. Legalizing marijuana to get into um, 24 Sussex Drive may sound like, you know, a very brilliant idea but even brilliant people make mistakes and like my good brother Terence say we find out and we always will so you can find us on uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter at the people's voices to again at the people's voices to and we will be touching on this subject again hopefully next time we have some guests to give their input as well if you would like to be featured you can either contact us through those through uh, those three accounts that are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are also on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Mixcloud. And together, we, we are, are the people's, people's voices. voices.